1: Hello and welcome to the two-man power trip of wrestling. I am your host, J.P. John Paz. With me today is a very, very special guest. He is a writer, a director, a producer, a comedian, a screenwriter. He's done it all. He is, of course, Spenny Who's from something? the infamous Kenny versus Spenny, Mr. Spencer Rice. Welcome to the two-man power trip. Sorry to cut you off.
0: <laughs> Yay, a musician, too. Don't forget that.
1: And musician, yes. How could I forget that? Man, you've The only thing everything. we make money
0: with these days, so uh, there you yeah. have it.
1: It is crazy just to think of like what what I know you from, of course, Kenny versus Spenny and you you being a legend in that genre. But you've done a million other things. I mean, geez. What are you up to now?
0: Um, Right now, uh, I've got uh, two shows that I do on uh, my YouTube channel, which uh, came out as a result of uh, COVID, uh, not being able to really uh, tour. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a, uh, a, a show called a solo show called the Spenaissance Man. Uh, I'm going to be in British Columbia, uh, with six dates, I think, uh, at the end of this month. And then, uh, I hit the road with Kenny in your country. Uh, we're playing, uh, gosh, uh, New, in New York city, Detroit, uh, Philadelphia. And I can't remember the fourth one, New Jersey, uh, New Jersey.
1: I will be at that one. I got the VIP, actually, for that. Oh, awesome. so yeah. All
0: right. Good, good. Uh, yeah, that should be interesting. Uh, it really is our first foray into touring the uh, the uh, United States. So, um, uh, you know, our assumption is that it's going to be filled with uh, Kenny versus Benny fans. Uh, so uh, if that if uh, we're prepared for <laughs> for either or if they know who we are or not. So
1: it's funny. I talked to him via email a few weeks ago. And he goes, uh, go talk to Spenny. He's the wrestling guy. I was like, well, get me in contact with Spenny. (laughs) I want to get, you know, get, get you on, but I didn't, I didn't have a direct contact. So he was the one that, that linked me to you, but it was just so funny. His sarcastic ass said, uh, Oh, he's the wrestling guy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kenny's foray into wrestling. Uh, I've, I've done a quite a few live shows, uh, with Tommy dreamer and Billy Gunn and, um, uh, a, a local, uh, promoter, Chinlock Wrestling does charity shows every year that are quite big. Jan, uh, I
1: know him pretty well. Yeah.
0: yeah and Murphy. And, uh, so Kenny's foray was uh Yarp Yarp, which, uh, <laughs> which I, I don't even know how to characterize because there was no wrestling involved, but he certainly had an interesting, uh, uh gimmick. Let's just put it that way.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I remember that episode. Who's the better, uh, pro wrestler. Well, actually, one. my favorite,
0: and I had to—I can't tell you how long it took me to convince him to do that. And it was only when uh, I explained to him, you know, that that it it, it is now uh, kayfabe days are over, so we can, uh, you know, uh, talk about the, you know, the practicing, the the uh, choreographing, you might want to say, uh, and uh, then he sort of was more interested. Cause he's not all that athletic. So um, <laughs> so we had to figure out a way to, to be Kenny and not get into the ring and be physical.
1: Now you say that's your favorite episode?
0: Uh, well, it, it, not really, but it, it was uh, one of the top ones for me because I got to work with uh, Tyson Dukes, who I call Tyson Ducks. And I've had somewhat of a, a feud with, uh, are you familiar with him?
1: very familiar actually interviewed him i'd say about five years ago i should interview him again because he does a great youtube series where he literally breaks down all the holds i mean really really good stuff yeah
0: he's fantastic i mean he is he is so committed and passionate about wrestling so i got to work with him and i got suplexed and i got uh uh chest what are they called the slaps those were painful um so that was and then most importantly uh when i told tyson that i wanted to bleed uh, and he was so into it because he's an old school guy and uh, I bled very well if you saw that episode and uh, I, and as crazy as it sounds, I'm very proud of that and, and I'm happy that I did it and that Tyson you know cut me and it was uh, it was a, a really great thing. I, I only say it wasn't it wasn't my favorite episode because there are other episodes that we did that I think were more popular. That might have been my favorite one to do. Uh, with
1: that, too, the blading aspect of it. I mean, that they don't even really do that anymore. There's not really that much blood in, in current day wrestling, but no. like the art of it. I mean, obviously, the blade, hiding it, doing it where you don't hurt yourself, you doing it for I mean, there's so much more to the art of it, and it leads to the emotion and everything with the match. But that's awesome that, that on that episode, of course, and Cheeky Baby Iron Cheek makes an appearance, yeah. but yeah, you were able was- to do that with Tyson. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, Abby used to Abdullah used to, you know, have it in his tape and he would just sort mm-hmm. of poke at you and get yep. you going. Um, I did. Uh, uh, I was told that if I was uh, that if he was going to cut me, that I should uh, take some uh, Tylenol or aspirin. I can't remember what it was to thin my blood, which I actually forgot to do, but it didn't seem to matter. Uh, I bled. <laughs> I mean, I mean, look like a 70s uh, wrestling magazine cover. It was amazing.
1: How'd you guys get the Iron Sheik involved? I mean, that's pretty cool that you guys were able to uh, get him to do that.
0: Yeah, you might be familiar with uh, two twins, uh, Canadian twins. uh, they have done uh, the the Sweet Daddy Seeky movie, and uh, they did the Iron Sheik documentary. Um, They had the connection to Sheik, and I'd known those guys for a long, long time. So uh, I I had our coordinator give him a call, and they made it happen. And uh, I'm forgetting their name, uh, I can't even believe I'm forgetting. The, the, it. Was it the Megan Brothers? Yeah, the uh, Megans. Yeah, Gian, uh, Gian, and uh, oh god, I'm sorry, I'm just uh,
1: I don't remember the first thing to do, but I know it's the Megan Brothers because they still run like Iron Sheik social media stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah, and um, and they're good, they're good guys, you know. They uh, I, I, did, a, I did a roast with Iron Sheik, a couple of shows, so they sort of toured with that. That was a lot of fun, and they paid me, and it was great. Um, yeah. In fact, my my joke was about them that uh, they were uh, Doctor Mangala's uh, wet dream, right? Two Jewish uh, identical <laughs> twins. Uh, but uh, yeah, that was a fun episode. I have to say, I, I just uh, and probably might have been my favorite to do, but uh, there were other ones that were
1: pretty good too. So, but Pardon. that cheeky baby tries to sodomize you. He's nuts.
0: Yeah, he was. Uh, he. Uh, I'm not, you know, very gossipy, but I I will sort of dance around it to say that he wasn't sober uh, at all uh, during our time with him. Um, And, uh, you know, he was and when I went on the the small little dates with the with the uh, the roast with him, he was he's very immobile. He's, you know, like many of those guys, they're not they're not in good shape, uh, unfortunately. And uh, but when you add the the, uh, the, the drugs and everything like that, you know, it's, it gets yeah. pretty messy, but you know, he, he did his thing, you know, Hulk Hogan, you know, <laughs> magnet, you know, and all that stuff. He, 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 he knows what he has to do and he does it.
1: Yep. So, you know, you and Kenny, like you said, doing a little bit of a U.S. tour, you guys are finally getting back out there. What kind of spurred this? Like what, what, what was like the, uh, inciting incident that it happened with you guys that you wanted to kind of do this?
0: Do what the live touring?
1: Yeah, do the tours in, in the United States.
0: Uh, we've been doing it for six years. Uh, we've just been staying in Canada and Europe. Uh, we just hadn't gone to the States. Um, partially because we, it was, it, we, the tickets are selling well, so we're quite happy. Uh, but we didn't really know the US because we were really only on for that one season uh, there. Uh, we knew like Germany, Australia, uh, everywhere in Canada. You know and and uh, touring is a uh, money-making proposition and uh you know the worst thing that could happen is uh you know you don't sell tickets and you don't make money uh, or even worse lose money so uh we're quite happy with the ticket sales and the united states is such a big country right so you know where do you go so we decided to sort of stick to the eastern part of the country uh i have no idea if i we probably do well in la and chicago uh, anywhere else is anybody's guess as far as i know but um you know, uh, it's a very, it's a good live show. Uh, and we're basically, because, uh, you know, we were touring the same markets, we had to come up with a new show every, you know, every so often. You can't go back to the same territory with the new, with the new territory. There's a wrestling term. Uh, and uh, so we're basically doing the best of all those five years. So uh, the States is going to get a pretty good show uh, in terms of uh, tested material and, uh You know, it's a train wreck. We're a train wreck. And it's I think it's unique. I think it's very unique uh, as someone. And Kenny also is a comedy nerd. Uh, You know, it's it's a very unique uh, comedic show. It's mostly stand up with the two of us. But then there's some clips and and stuff like that. So uh, I'm excited.
1: I feel like it's definitely selling well because I went to go. Whatever Saturday it was to buy tickets, turned my back for two seconds, or it was five minutes late, or something, and I couldn't get the ticket I wanted. So I was like, "Okay, I guess it's selling better than you know, and then expected." So I had to get another ticket. So I was like, "Man,
0: crazy!" Yeah, we we were very, very happy about that. Um, you know, because again, like I said at the beginning, like if if, if these are just people I don't, you know, who who want to see uh, us but aren't familiar with Kenny versus Spani, it changes the kind of material we can do, obviously. We don't want to refer to Kenny versus Benny if no one knows what we're talking about. But our guess is and it's still a guess, but it's a pretty safe guess based on the how quickly the, the tickets were selling that these are going to be Kenny versus Benny fans, which is, you know, I, you know Kenny versus Benny is for me has been a blessing and a curse. Right. Uh, the blessing is, you know, uh, is, of course, that, you know, when I go play music uh, and I play blues, uh, classic rock and country, uh, most people only know who I am because of that show, and they might show up based on that. So uh, the curse, of course, uh, is being Spenny uh, and being the butt of all the jokes and all that stuff, which is fine, the second banana. I could go on and on and on. Uh, but uh, I've launched this new solo show, which is in many respects uh, my fighting back for my reputation. Uh, but it's going to be funny. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, but, it, it, you know, so even... In non Kenny versus Spenny projects, the 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 brand—I hate to say brand—but the the character, the brand—it's really me fundamentally—is uh, known for that. So I can't escape it, which is good and bad.
1: And where's the solo tour? Where you, where are you going to be doing the solo stuff at?
0: Well, I just did uh, I did five dates uh, in Ontario, and we're going to British Columbia, which is the west coast of Canada, playing Vancouver. Uh, Chilliwack Whistler which is a ski resort town um, there's about six of them I can't think of them all right now but uh, uh, Victoria which is a great city out in the west coast of Canada so uh, yeah so you know I think it's a theater show personally you know it uh, but I'm playing in, in bars which is where I play my music and hopefully it'll build to the point or get some word of mouth and I can move it to bigger the bigger venues uh, where I think it's more appropriate, but uh, the last tour went really well, so I'm I'm pretty happy with it. And I I look at it as a work. My whole career is a workshop. What works, what doesn't work, and then you go back and you fix what didn't work. Just like comedians who tape their sets and see what gets a laugh, what doesn't get a laugh.
1: So going back to Candy versus Spenny, because that's how I know you. That's how I, I was introduced to you. We sure. had you for one season, like you said, but then I went back and got them all the DVDs. So I I watched a bunch. I was showing you before. I got uh, some old school uh, Candy versus Spenny uh, DVDs. Yeah. So Trey Parker, and Matt Stone, South Park. They're yeah. saying, you know, they're probably one of the funniest shows ever. Is saying that you guys are two of the funniest people ever. So I'm like, I got it. And regardless, I got to listen to them, whatever they say. So I'm watching it. One of the funniest shows, unique reality TV times ten. You're hilarious. Kenny's hilarious, but he's like a the villain, the heel. You're the baby face usually. Exactly. Uh, so like just in essence. So well, well, let me just
0: let me interrupt you there because yeah. uh, if you think about the attitude era, the what used to be the heel kind of became the faces, at least the crowd favorite. And that's somewhat the conundrum I found myself in and my reaction to it. And I call myself a reverse heel is that, you know, the more I piss people off by talking about the environment or saving gorillas or IBS and, and using the platform for, you know, uh, do good purposes. Uh, when I realized that that was getting me heat, as we say in wrestling, I just, I doubled down on it. Right. (laughs) And I think it was a smart decision, Uh, But it is, you know, it's like watching Wrestling with Heart, the Bret Hart documentary. Uh, uh, You know, he he noticed that, you know, all of a sudden the heels were the faces and everything reversed at a certain point, uh, which is, I guess, a function of just evolution of anything. So um, but, you know, we're not idiots. We sort of we get it. Uh, We get it. Kenny is love for his uh, Machiavellian, you know, uh, disgusting humor and all that stuff. And I'm the other guy. The, the nice thing about it is it kind of breaks down to who we really are. So it's not really an act. It's just, uh, you know, you, you, it's a TV show. So you have to capitalize on whatever, you know, whatever's out there. Uh, and so that's, that's sort of how it played down. And in fact, the live tour uh, the last version of our live tour was really Kenny uh, trying to prove that I'm actually worse than he is by drawing on, our past, uh, which, uh, way well before the TV show, when I was, uh, somewhat of a rambunctious young man to say the least. Uh, and it's like, he's, he's trying to do a swerve on me or whatever, uh, you know, uh, and, and it worked. It, it absolutely worked. Uh, me defending myself for horrible things I did actually worked. We were nervous about it, you know, cause now all of a sudden I'm, the, I'm the crazy guy, but I was when I was that age. So it's honest. So we, we do try to keep things honest and real.
1: When you think of Kenny versus Benny, let's say somebody never saw the show, explain kind of the show to like somebody that hadn't seen it, that you're selling yeah. the pitch to him.
0: Yeah, it's very simple. I mean, uh, it's, it's two best friends, real life, best friends competing against each other in comedic based competitions uh, with the uh, loser, uh, having to, uh, do a humiliating act of some kind that the winner chooses, uh, the only addition I would make to that is that the two best friends, like many best friends, are very different people, uh, in almost every, every way, so we got to capitalize on that as well, and, uh, that's it, that was the simplicity of that show, and it was, uh, it did us proud, uh, the, the you know, the simple aspect of it. It was easy for people to get their heads around. My only gripe about it is I think there's uh, some deeper philosophical things going on that most of our audience doesn't either care about or understand or pay attention to. I don't know which one it is. But um, I do think uh, that that one of the reasons the show, the show is compelling is because of those sort of You know, the thoughts of is Kenny taking it too far, you know, is is Kenny an idiot, (laughs) you know, all these things. And uh, so that's what that, you know, we benefited from all that, I think.
1: I always thought, too, it's like, okay, he's definitely like the heel. Like you said, like a Steve Austin who's kind of he's doing all this bad stuff, but he's getting cheered for it. You guys are saying who could lose the most weight. He takes the cheap way out. You're exercising, whatever he gets that like the cleanse and he like he's basically cheating. But you're almost well,
0: gonna is cheating. Uh, you're talking about uh, uh, gaining the most weight, but he did cheat at the end. I didn't know, of yeah. course, he yeah. had weights on his in his hair tied into his hair. Yeah. Um, you know, it, here's the thing. There's there's uh, it's it's sort of a ongoing uh, conversation within the fans and Kenny and I, which we talk about in the live show. Uh, which is, you know, what is the actual record? Who won more who, you know, in the over 92 or three episodes that we did. And there's just, uh, it really depends on what kind of person you are. To me, I'm I'm a centrist. So I think, you know, sometimes he outsmarted me. Sometimes he beat me outright. However, when he completely cheated, like <laughs> took the octopus off his head, or we yes. could go through a number of things. And in most uh sports i guess you would uh reward the victory to the guy who didn't cheat if someone a, a disqualification so to speak uh but uh you know uh, some people don't care kenny's argument is uh it's care versus i don't care and that's bullshit because kenny cares more than you'll ever know he just likes to put out an image that he doesn't care uh, that's why he goes to such lengths to beat me because he cares so much. So that's something that comes up in the live show. And I jump all over him because I know it's complete bullshit. Uh, but Kenny's like that. He's, uh, he's got a lot of charisma and a lot of charm and, uh, uh he's got a crazy kind of mind and, uh, you know, I'm stuck with him and you know, the, the, the tension between us, we turn into comedy and it's working. Right, it's been working for years now.
1: So let's just say arm wrestling. We'll go back to the arm wrestling competition. He's going to beat Spencer Rice, but it's going to end up being some little kid near Spencer Rice. Is that cheating? I mean... That's- no, no, I
0: would say that would be a null and void. We just would forget that episode. The competition never happened. Uh, but again, if you go to a Wikipedia, someone with way too much free time on their hands went through every competition and sort of fairly judged you know and but for the out and out obvious cheats he gave me a victory uh some say i won the whole uh you know series i don't think i did i think i i think it was a lot closer you know if you glance at when i talk to fans i get the feeling that they thought i never won (laughs) you know the overriding feeling and but um it just seems so at my age, to be talking about uh, this still is just pathetic. But, uh, <laughs> you know, this is where I find myself, so I have to do it. And uh, I will stick up for myself, uh, you know, when it comes to the win-loss record, because I don't think it's what people think it is.
1: Hey, the fans love it. I mean, they love kind of going back and say, who won the most and who lost and that kind of stuff.
0: Well, I would direct them to that Wikipedia page, because it's it, I think it's, it's, a, it's rational, you know, it, you know it's rational because you can always argue that like for example the beer competition uh sort of one of our more famous ones where kenny knows i can outdrink him, but he doesn't want to uh lose on tv so he'll do anything in that episode his decision was to drink the alcoholized beer uh to me that's that's chicken shit that's that's you know bullshit, but that's what, but it, but it works on a comedy level. So, you know, it's, it's very confused the whole thing. That's why I call it a train wreck because it, it is, it's just a, a complete train wreck of egos and bad behavior and silliness.
1: A lot of the times he is thinking of ways, not cheap, but let's say bend the rules or like somehow take a shortcut. You're not usually like that.
0: No. And, and you know, the reason for that is uh, uh because I'm an only child. Uh, he grew up with an older brother. Uh, my understanding based on my wife, for example, uh, who had a brother uh, that was older, you know, that there was just a lot of pranking going on, a lot of uh, teasing, a lot of smack talk. I had none of that. So I am I was the perfect mark for Kenny in that sense. Uh, you know, let's look at the uh, Who Could Stay Naked the longest uh, competition, where what he ended up doing was turning the clock back. So I thought, it was a draw. Now that is, that's on the cusp. That's not cheating to me. That's outsmarting me.
1: Yep.
0: Even though it's, you know, it, it's unorthodox, but uh, who can stay long as naked is unorthodox as a competition. So, yep. you know, I, I think I'm very reasonable about all this stuff. Uh, you know, uh, I, I have no, I don't want to claim that I won something I didn't win. And, you know, as stupid as it all is, you uh, you know, I try I try to be fair, but I think it's fair to say if he doesn't have the balls to compete in certain competitions, for whatever reason, I should be given the victory if the, if the competition actually took
1: place. I agree. Who actually thinks up the competition? Is that you you and him together? Like who thinks it yeah, up- we, we
0: would we would pitch the competitions together. Uh, Kenny, I, I his his approach, I think, was uh, that it had to sound funny where I was like, okay, we'll do some of those, but let's do badminton and let's do golf, you know, and let's play, you know, Uh, he never wanted to do anything that didn't sound funny. And that might've been a good idea. I don't know, but I probably would have won more if we did uh, actual sports, at least, you know, and I'm no great athlete, but compared to him, he could probably beat me in handball because he used to play handball with his old man. Uh, But um uh, so the uh, and 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 where where we made some smart decisions from a producer's perspective or a creative perspective was, you know, I I known Kenny, you know, for decades before we were ever on TV. So I know I knew exactly what he was and who he was. Uh, so then I, so then it begs the question: Well, you know, you must have known he was gonna, you know, cheat or you know why would you even enter into something like this? And the reality was that. I, when we would come up with the con- the idea, then we would separate, and I would basically do the everyman version of what someone would do in a competition, and he would do whatever his Machiavellian thing is. But but I was never uh, new in the creative process. What he was going to do, I was separate. They would have production meetings where I was would would not be present, and uh, so that therefore. Uh, my uh, camera crew and sound could, uh, knew what he was going to do. They knew what was coming. I had no idea. And that was a smart decision creatively, I think. And it, it lent authenticity to the show because it prevented from, you know, imagine if he had blown that, you know, minute and a half fart on the stairs and no one, uh, photographed it or, or shot it right so there was always uh, uh and then we'd have to redo it which which wouldn't be good i mean is was the show 100 percent authentic no we had uh we had networks uh that got involved at different times but for the most part we really did a as silly as it is uh we we did real competitions we really competed against each other uh and you know and fans are always trying to find little things here and there that didn't make sense. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. Uh, we did, you know, we had, uh, we had a responsibility to deliver a show, you know? I mean, the great example is the, uh, who can sit on a cow, which I think was season one, the longest who can sit on a cow, the longest. And, you know, when we thought about it, we we just thought we're going to be on these cows for at least 12 hours, you know, before my back gives out or one of us. And, uh, of course, what happened was as soon as I get on the cow, Kenny throws this little toy at the cow's feet and the cow takes off and I fall off. <laughs> so we 22 minutes of television, but the actual competition lasted 30 seconds. So we had to pad the beginning of the show with, with stuff that, you know, that we'd already shot, but wasn't that strong. So that was a competition where the ending might have been one of the best we ever did, but. The 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 bulk of the show was kind of snoozy, so you know that was that that's how we really tried to, you know we didn't want to okay Spenny you fell off too quickly get back on and we'll do you know we didn't want to do that it was too perfect what happened, so we had to figure out how to make the front part of the show that episode uh, fun to watch and you know we did but it was hard.
1: Who thinks up the punishments, which is could also be the best part
0: of the show. Kenny historically, because he's got that kind of... You know, uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, you know, uh, there's a video uh, of a humiliation that was never accepted by the network where I, I put a condom on my tongue and I licked a cat's ass, basically. And, uh, and And so people think, like, I'm a sicko. I didn't have the idea to do that. He did. In fact, my ideas were so lame that he would have to... <laughs> You know, and then I'd have to agree, you know, that this was, because he pitched it for himself. And I said, well, it's got to be bad, man, because you made me do some horrific things. So, you know, the, I don't know. I just don't have a, I don't have that kind of uh, brain. We have very different brains, the way our brains work. And that was a very good thing for the comedy.
1: Yeah. The yin and the yang. I mean, the good, the evil, the two opposites.
0: Yeah. But it wasn't an axe. It was, it's really that we're different. Right. And, and, uh, you know, like I've always I mean, before we ever had any notion that we'd be on television, like going to an airport with Kenny. It was so funny to me because as soon as he walks in, he is on a a, a a mission to make sure he won't have to line up to get, you know, to, you know, now he's got the Nexus card and everything. But back then it was like it was like a chess game. And that's the way he approaches driving and just things. where I'm a, I wouldn't say I'm a happy go lucky guy but I don't think strategically in real life. If I have to line up, I line up, <laughs> you know, like I don't, I don't spend time thinking you can see him thinking like I know him so well. Like I can see when he's scheming and it could be for how to get more toppings on his pizza, you know, at, at a restaurant, but it's, it's, it's a constant with him. It's always has been with him. So it's just, it's a luck of the draw that our, our fathers were friends and we knew each other and uh, we ended up, the loving being creative together and then getting a TV show and all that stuff. It, it's, there's a lot of luck involved with that uh, synergy.
1: Who like thought of the idea for the show or was it just a collaboration? Like
0: what happened was uh, Kenny, of course will take credit for everything. I think on his Twitter account, it said, uh, it says at the top, I did everything on Kenny versus many. <laughs> of course that's <laughs> easily unproved by watching the show. But anyways, uh, uh, we what happened was we did a, a movie called Pitch, which was a, a, a documentary that we did of Kenny and I trying to sell a feature film script. And we shot it in L.A. and at the Toronto Film Festival. And Toronto was our hometown. and uh, And some executive who was working for Will Smith's company had seen that movie and felt that we had a, uh, a, a a comedy duo relationship that might work on television. So we got what was called a development deal and they gave us some money. We moved to LA. Uh, so, you know, the whole thing slept on couches and all that. And we went around and pitched the show. Uh, so uh, there were five different shows that we had because usually you don't go in with one idea. I mean that's a philosophical thing. Some people just want to go in with one because it cheapens the other ones if you have five. But we were going for the you "throw it against the wall, see what sticks" method, which yeah. is what uh, David Tochterman, who has uh, worked with Will Smith's company as their talent guy, uh, he wanted you know have some more ideas in case they don't like. And so it was one of the one of those ideas uh i don't know who came up with it to be honest and if it was kenny fine i don't i have no uh i don't care to be honest uh, he cares he has to, everything has to be he created it he did it he's the funny guy he's the genius uh, i don't have any of that in me so i i just don't remember
1: do you ever see that show in practical jokers it,
0: yeah it, it, a little a little bit yeah some people so, say it's similar. I I don't see any similarity between the two of us. Uh, the
1: thing that I thought was similar was the at the end, the punishment or whatever. I feel like they not lifted it, but they kind of probably saw your show and like, that's a great idea. Let's kind of do a punishment yeah. for the guy that loses. That's very, you know. You know, and we similar. lifted
0: from Tom Green and. Keith Richards lifted from Chuck Berry, and you know uh, wrestlers. You know, not only do they borrow, they they take the entire Nature Boy. You know, was uh, originally Rogers. Rogers. So you know, uh, that is just something you have to live with in 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 the creative world.
1: To me, as soon as I saw that, like man, it's like that's Kenny versus Spenny's thing. Not that it matters, and and you guys probably don't care, but just funny that that idea is so great. Like the punishment, humiliation. Whoever loses, embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah,
0: So simple. Um, Yeah. I, you know, again, I didn't even know. I I don't think I, I just watch a little bit here and there and I'm not uh, putting them down if they have a success. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I have no jealousy in me, no ego in me. I like to see people succeed at what they do. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so lambasted (laughs) because we're, we're supposed to be, you know, I said one, one of the episodes, one of my favorite lines, I don't know where it came from, but I said, uh, you know, it's a dog eat dog world and I don't like to eat dogs. And that's pretty much uh, how I feel about life. So, You know, if they lifted from us and were successful doing it, gazai gazunt,
1: as the Jews say. (laughs) What's your least favorite punishment that you had to do, like the humiliation? What was the worst one?
0: Well, in order to truly, uh, you have to think about it this way. Uh, I became, having done so many of them, calloused. So at the end, the things that seemed really, really, horrible and grotesque you know it was just okay let's do it (laughs) you know i was just used to it so in the first early season uh i don't remember what the competition was i lost or supposedly lost uh and uh i they took me to uh this sort of dingy apartment where there was a uh a transvestite it was like a man in a wig with a dress on who who attached me to a uh I don't know, almost like a crucifix and, you know, not with nails, obviously. And 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 then it was going to whip me and it seemed so innocent. But what people don't understand is that was very early on in me being on TV and me doing the show. And and uh, at one point when I was tied, I was securely tied. Excuse me. And Kenny threatened to pull my underwear off. (laughs) So then so then, oh, my God, there's three cameras all pointed at me. I'm completely vulnerable. Uh, Forget the whipping. I'm more worried that, you know, that, you know, if he pulls off his thing, someone's going to take a picture. It's going to end up on the Internet. Of course, he didn't do it. He threatened me. But that was that was one of the worst humiliations for me because because it was I wasn't used to the whole process.
1: That's got to be a little uh, scary sometimes. You never know what Kenny's going to do, right? He's a recluse.
0: Right. He could have done that. I mean, he's done, he's pulled down the pants of uh, Bobby, who's a sort of a tertiary character on the show, I guess you'd say, just an old friend of ours. And when we he comes to some of the live shows we do and uh, he's pulled down his pants several times. So, yeah, he's capable of doing that. I think with me, I don't think he would admit it, that if he did something that awful, I would punch him hard. Uh, and I think he knows that about me because if you look at the show, I'm much more violent than he is in general life. I'm i have i have I'm not proud of it, and I'm not saying I'm tough, but I, I I I can get violent, especially if I'm drinking, if I'm pushed far enough.
1: Why did the show end at one point? Was it just one of those things where it ended? Did you guys have like a breakup, or what happened there?
0: No, no. Um, I, I think we. Uh, I'd like to say like Seinfeld. We just knew <laughs> it start getting lame, so we got out early. Uh, what happened was the network that we were on, the the the, the overall uh, network was uh, bought by another company. And uh, at the time, we the Trailer Park Boys was a very big show that was with us. Uh, we were the hour long block of comedy on that network. Uh, they just when the new people took over, they were just done with with comedy on that network, and it turned into hot chick cops network, you know, and uh, that was it. And that's the biz. That's the way it goes. So I have to look at it and say, my God, we did, you know, six and a half, seven seasons. Uh, How lucky am I, you know?
1: Yeah,
0: that's the way I look at life, you know, Uh, nothing lasts forever. And uh, the fact that we got to go that long, and we were on in the States, even if it was only for one year, and you know, we get to tour out of it. It's been a real blessing
1: how did you kind of get mixed up with Trey Parker and Matt Stone though? Like, how did you like meet them or it one of those things where they recognize their Canadian brothers and like, Oh, we, we got to help these guys out. Like, How here's, did that happen? Here's the
0: quick, uh, here's the quick uh, scenario of what happened. Uh, it, it, Toronto has a big film festival every year in September. It's probably going on right now, actually. Uh, it's, the con would be the biggest one in the world. Toronto is up there, if not the second biggest for sure. Anyhow, uh, Kenny was at a party, a festival party, because that's what it is. It's like a million films are shown from all over the world, and then there's parties at night. Uh, uh, so he was at a party, and he meet, met a guy named Kyle McCullough. And Kyle was one of the staff writers on South Park. And he told Kenny that... Uh, the Uh, Matt and Trey were fans of the show and that when they have writer's block in their writer's room, uh, they put on our show. And I think Kenny and both Kenny and myself didn't really think it was true or we didn't, you know, we just whatever. You hear a lot of shit when you're in the business. And uh, then fast forward, I don't know how long. And I'm flying from uh, L.A. to Toronto and uh, Kyle McCullough, who I'd never met, Kenny had met him, comes up to me and goes, Spenny, how are you? Yeah, hi, who are you? He goes, uh, uh, my name's Kyle. I met Kenny at a film festival. The guys are here. I go, what guys? He goes, Matt and Trey, didn't you, don't you know that they're fans of your show? And I go, no. Of course, they're rich and they're, I'm, I'm flying you know, coach and they're, they're in the uh, first uh, class lounge or whatever and I'm at the gate anyways sure enough they come out and they're giving me hugs and this and that and then uh, uh they flew in first class and then when we we're deboarding the plane they said do you don't you come to the hotel and have a drink and they were in in toronto to do the um uh party release party for the dvd of team america and uh so the first thing i did was i called kenny uh when we're in the car saying I'm with uh, Matt and Trey from South Park and we're going to meet at this hotel. He's in, Kenny's in Toronto, of course, and we're all in Toronto at this point. He comes to meet us. Long story short uh, that I, that particular night was a bad drinking night for me. Uh, I drank a lot. Uh, I drank on the plane on the way there. I drank in the hotel when at the hotel bar. And then we went out for the serious drinking and I got fucking hammered and um uh, uh they had a sort of entourage with them uh and uh, they, they were encouraging me to drink and they were encouraging me to get rowdy and I, I i i spilled over a massive table i got kicked out of the bar and uh kenny will say that you know the south park guys said okay you guys are crazy we love you uh but we don't ever want to go out with spenny again <laughs> he's too nuts um and and then uh you know basically uh matt uh more than trey uh was more sort of the business-minded one of the two uh decided he was going to champion us uh to get on comedy central and uh then they became executive producers and uh ironically the guy who was running uh comedy central was a canadian named doug herzog who for some reason hated kenny and i didn't like our humor didn't like the show uh, but Matt used whatever leverage, which was considerable because basically my understanding is South Park built Comedy Central. That was their first hit show. Yep. Uh, and and uh, that's how it happened. And to this day, I know that Matt, they were interviewed for their thing and they said, last night we went out with Kenny and Spenny and those guys are amazing kind of thing. You know. So my take on it is that if I didn't behave like a boor. Uh, who knows what would have happened? Kenny's take is that I could have screwed it up, but he saved it. But he'll always, he'll always create a narrative where he's the hero. So I just there, I don't know, and I'm, honestly, I don't care. I'm I was thrilled to be a part uh, of them and have their name on, but because the head of the network uh, didn't like us, and because it was a co-production of Canada and the U.S., uh, they never ca- got behind the show the way they would you know, a, a Comedy Central original show, Sarah Silverman, the Daily Show, whatever whatever shows they were doing. And uh so we we didn't do that great. Uh, and it wasn't our fault. I know it wasn't because they kept changing the time slot. They never at they didn't promote it properly. They didn't promote it at all. So uh that was what happened.
1: Man, it's just awesome that you guys were on there and then connected to South Park, which you know gave you a, a nice rub, yeah. of course.
0: Yeah, well, Kenny ended up writing. Uh, they uh, hired him for—I uh, don't know how long he did that, but he he worked for them for a little bit. Uh, yeah, they're—you know—they were—they were—they—they left us alone basically, you know. And uh, that, that's what they want is to be left alone with their work. And so it was—it was—it was great. It was fun. Uh, I had a, a few verbal arguments with them that first drunken night because uh, I felt they were a bit snobby about comedy. Uh, but other than that, it was, uh, yeah, it was a gift. I, I I think the show could have taken and should have taken off in the U.S., which would have made us a boatload of cash, but didn't happen. Yes.
1: So as far as Kenny versus Spenny, like that ends, what was the pal-demic, or however you pronounce it, paldemic demic special? Because here I'm only able to see, like, basically clips of it. I can't see the whole thing. Uh, for some reason, it's, like, blocked in the States when I was tr- yeah, been trying yeah. to watch it. So I always saw the trailer, but what was that?
0: Um, it was basically a one-off uh, uh, special for uh, CBC, which is like our national network. Our, you know, you guys have NBC, CBS, ABC. That's ours. CBC, and there's global. There's a couple of them, but um, they have a online network, and that was what bought the the pandemic. And it was just a Kenny and Spenny during COVID kind of thing. And it was a one off thing people thought it was a pilot for a series or there was going to be a series out of it that's
1: what i thought yeah
0: no it was never it was just always a, always a one off
1: and it's basically like real life like why you guys not separated but why you guys are philosophically different is that like the the just
0: um, no i think that i, I think the the paldemic uh, sort of reflected where we were going with our live show which was the uh resentments that kenny has held on to i don't know whether he really feels resentful or he feels like i've got to hold on to this resentment to keep the the laughs coming uh you know he just has a lot of resentments about me Uh, i have my i don't want to get into it it's it's complicated and long and some of it plays out in our live show but uh yeah he's uh he he thinks that I've never listened to him and I, you know, I would, I'd be in a better place in life if I followed his advice, just guy things, you know, and, and uh, the way that project came up to me was very insulting, which I saw so I was pissed off from day one because we'd always been partners. And all of a sudden I get a thing saying, Kenny sold the show and you're going to be on it as an employee, not as a owner. Uh, and I said, well, I'm not doing it. And we worked it out. It seems like every time there's uh, anything happens with us in business, it stresses the shit out of me because we go through some kind of, you know, old resentment uh, things. And uh, and then I have to use the leverage of being me. And, you know, anyways, uh, it's ugly and I hate it. But that's what it seems to be every time we, we get, uh, you know, an offer or whatever but um you know he he claims that he sold that that series uh and it was supposed to be just him and then he decided he wanted me in it and that he had a partner from the original i don't know what the truth is it could be the truth i don't know but we did it i I think it was fun i it was a i know you can't get it the reason is because they they block it if it's on an internet show right um but i would imagine if you're creative the With uh, whatever they call it, where the illegal copying, (laughs) those sites, you could probably see it. But it's a very personal. It's a very personal thing about our sort of relationship, and and that was maybe what he had planned, and to bring me on, and I was, you know, I finally, you know, it was just, uh, it was just the one off though.
1: The trailer is great. I watched a few times. He's definitely prodding and poking you, and he's, he's trying to get a reaction out of you for sure.
0: Yeah. And, but but the, I think the, uh, his resentment is is very real, and there's some legitimate reasons for it. I, I can't, for the life of me, figure out how he hasn't dropped it already and moved on. But maybe he thinks that that's what's fueling our, our comedy. I'm not sure, but uh, I don't think you need that to fuel the comedy. But maybe he needs it, but I don't. I mean, I, we're so different anyways that uh, we could always find uh, humor in our conflicts.
1: Now I know you said before, and obviously we were talking about it and why it came on. You're a huge wrestling fan. Yes. Who's like, who's the favorite wrestler? How'd you get into wrestling? Like, right who, do you, who do you love?
0: Right here. Ah, oh, the Chic. The Chic, the original Chic, uh, and Bobo Brazil. And I got to see them wrestle in Buffalo, New York.
1: That's an awesome uh, shirt.
0: Yeah, and they had a they had a very. Uh, uh, Long-running feud and a great feud, you know, because because yep. uh, uh, back then, I mean, the Sheik was. I used to go to Maple Leaf Gardens in Toronto, uh, which is oh, a awesome, a huge hub of professional wrestling in Canada. And uh, you know, I'd see the Sheik, and I was very young, and he scared the living shit out of me. And, and 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 I think my cousin took me, and he probably knew it was uh, you know, a bit of a uh, showbiz, but I, I was too young to understand all that. So he. He has been imprinted on my mind as uh, as just this uh, scary, scary guy. Uh, and uh, I, and when you pick your favorite, I mean, I could pick a bunch of wrestlers that I love. But uh, my favorite was that feud was Bobo was my favorite face. And I got to see him many times and I got to meet Bobo Brazil, believe it or not. I was just. Oh, a wow. Kid. Yeah. That was in Keswick, Ontario. And I'll never forget it because uh, there was a uh, you, I guess you uh, you would have heard of the Love Brothers, uh, Hartford and Reginald, the Love yep. Brothers. They were a Canadian tag team that did the hippie gimmick, which is really <laughs> funny because they were heels. Uh, they were the furthest thing from hippies. But anyways, um, I remember I had I bought my eight by ten of Bobo, which I've since lost. But I have another one on my wall. Uh, and I and the wrestlers were coming out of their dressing rooms and they were sort of mingling and signing autographs and I, I remember I had Bobo's signature on the eight by ten and I went over to the Love Brothers <laughs> and they looked at Bobo and they walked away like they wouldn't sign it like they're totally doing the kayfabe thing you know yep, yep.
1: um
0: and that you know that was uh I I've just I I just think wrestling is is show business and I must have uh, it, known it intrinsically. Uh, and, I, I, I'm not a current fan. I have to be honest. I, I, I don't have time. I'm, I'm a father now. And, you know, there's just, I'm, you know, I do my own work, uh, and it's nothing against it, but, you know, I have this theory about, you know, music and wrestling falls into this as well. You know, those, those years where you really didn't have a lot to do, where you could spend hours and hours, uh, entertaining yourself, uh that that is cemented in me as as my era in wrestling i had the magazines i had you know i was really into it uh when when i, I enjoyed the wwf when it got kind of cartoony before the attitude era but that was sort of it me being current with the product uh, was starting to peter out at that point i just had other things that i was into but will always uh, respect and love uh professional wrestling
1: I don't know if you'd be interested in this and I don't think it's out yet, but there's an author here in the States, Brian Solomon. Mm-hmm. He's writing a book on the Sheik, Like it's a complete uh, biography of the Sheik. It's, I was like, man, that's gotta be cool. Like to get some of that stuff. And he's saying that he's got all this historical stuff, like stuff, you know, cause he never broke a fabe. And, you right. know, so I that's have searched, be cool I have
0: searched YouTube. Uh, I also loved Ernie Roth, uh, Abdullah Farouk, his manager and the, the grand wizard and, uh, and there's just nothing, nothing. And then I reached out to Sabu, who I followed on Twitter, and we had gone back and forth. And I finally asked him, you know, what, you know, can you tell me anything about your uncle that's not known? And he never got back to me again. So he's keeping the code yeah.
1: Um
0: But uh, yeah, I sure, I, I'll definitely look at that book. Uh, you know, uh, I'm friends with uh, friendly with. Uh, I'm going to forget his name now. He wrote heels. Uh, he's a big wrestling writer, slam wrestling. Oh, what the hell's his
1: name? Greg Oliver.
0: Greg Oliver. Thank you. Um, yeah, I, I, I've met him a few times, and we've had a few drinks and chatted about uh, old school. Um, yeah, I, I just uh, you know, I, I've always liked uh, the sort of, and I think Kenny versus Fanny is this a sort of bargain basement entertainment. <laughs> you know in stand up it could be uh dice clay you know uh or you know in in sports it would certainly be wrestling uh but i just love that stuff and uh i i uh i mean i saw i i mean I, there's a, also there's a, a a confluence of comedy and wrestling that i love that seems to be gone now i mean bobby heenan was hilarious i mean the guy was hilarious uh, even CM punk was the last wrestler uh i went to uh what do they call those shows that aren't televised, a dark show, shows, a house, house show. And, and it was the first time I'd seen him live and he was the way he interacted with the audience was really funny and great. Um, I think for me, uh, it, it's almost too athletic now for me, which if for someone else that might be why they love it. I don't know. Uh, I miss the managers a lot. Uh, I got to, uh, be a sort of a cross between Eddie Creechman and, and, uh, and uh 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 Abdullah Farouk guy, uh Roth, Ernie Roth, I created this wrestling character when I worked with Dreamer and, and 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 Gun. Uh and that was a lot of fun just doing the gravelly voice. And I used to have a a, a humor column in a newspaper in my town I live in now Kingston and I I did a, a whole thing on uh imagining what uh, a, ma- a wrestling manager school would be and I had a brochure that I printed up it was really funny and had pictures of you know slick and heenan and uh, all those characters I do miss that when I do look at the new stuff uh the last manager I remember was uh what's his name with the big bushy mustache Dutch mantel he was the uh, right oh, Eastern. man of- yeah. Uncle Zeb like or
1: whatever he was, Neb Coulter.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Zebkulter, yeah. that's it. Um, you know, but um, you know, the thing is everything evolves, you know, and that's just something I I've learned about show business. You know, you you have a pocket that maybe is something you liked at a time when you could really get into it, and but it'll evolve to something else and new people will like it for other reasons. It's just, you know, I I don't think it's ever gonna come back the way I want it to, you know, but maybe I'm wrong, but You know, it's just uh, that was the era that I grew up in and I fucking love it. And it's all on YouTube. Like I, I lie in bed when I can't sleep. I get on YouTube and I'm looking up every, the mighty Igor. I mean, you could go, it's a million of them, you know, where I just look at their matches and they're, they're so much fun. Ernie Ladd and, you know, the, the flying kangaroos and all all these guys that I'd see either at the gardens or at the memorial, what used to be called the Memorial Auditorium in, in Buffalo, New York which was bloodier. And, uh, that's where I'd see Abdul, the butcher. I never saw the butcher in Canada, which is weird. Cause he's Canadian, right? Yep. Yeah. And I love that about wrestling too. Like Larry Shreve, is that his name? Yes. <laughs> he's just a soft smoking Canadian guy. <laughs> when you hear it's so funny to me, you know, I just love that. It's like Andy Kaufman, the Andy Kaufman, Kenny and I both, the, the wrestling uh, he did with the uh, Lawler and that whole thing is so great and it, you know it was it wasn't filmed properly you know it's it's very rough a lot of it's just the television footage from memphis but oh my god that that convergence of 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 his sort of uh, improvisational uh what do they call that kind of comedy you know performance art with with professional wrestling it's just it it's it's just sublime
1: I love when he pulls up the soap. He goes, it's Soap. This is <laughs> soap.
0: You know, my favorite bit this is something I just discovered. Um, so, if you recall, there's a point where I guess he's leaving Memphis and he makes this huge speech I'm never coming back to Memphis again. And he's belaboring it and belaboring it. And then he steps out onto the apron and then he goes, I shall return. <laughs> right. And then I'm watching, this was like a couple of weeks ago, it was a Tony Clifton from the early days of Tony Clifton, which would have been, could have been 10 years before uh, the, uh, uh, this is when he was just a club comic. And, And Clifton wasn't in the full makeup, he was just had a mustache on and a bad tux. And he did the same thing. It's the same joke. He did the thing where he's mad at the audience, and it was just. And he said, "I'm leaving. I'm never coming back." And then he leaves, and he walks right back on stage. So, uh, yeah, I just, you know, I, being a wrestling nerd and a
1: comedy nerd, when they when the two get are, are together, it's it's pretty amazing for me. Kaufman such a genius and like you know him and Laura aren't going to have great matches but it's so interesting and he, he breaks his neck and so good he, oh, the perfect.
0: storytelling and the, the, yes. the switch with Jimmy Hart at the end and the whole yeah. <laughs> I mean it, that's yeah it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant even my breakfast with Blassie which is really atrocious in a way but I can't get enough of it I I love that movie it's so bad it's
1: wonderful yeah. and Like those guys, it's like almost like a lost art where it's like they're so convincing, but they're like they're from the outside field, but they get into it and they are just engrossed. You know what I mean? It's it's like almost a lost art. People don't like yeah, the manager
0: it's very carny, you know, it's really carny, those guys with the loud and the, you know. And I, you know but even now i go to carnivals and and little little things that come to my town and you, you see the older guys you know but they're dying out you know that's and that's the evolution i'm talking about you know they're gone it's like vaudeville man it's gone it's never coming back you know there was a day when you could go see the marx brothers live in a theater like you know imagine and uh you know but that's life you gotta you gotta deal with it but I'd like to think there maybe will be some resurgence of the, the crazy manager. You know, I wanted to sell W sell or get WWE's network to do. A, I I'd written a, a, a comedy piece. It would have been a one time comedy piece about a, 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 like an Ernie Roth type manager. But he was real. He wasn't an actor, you know, and his life story of how he how he became this (laughs) raging lunatic yeah wanted to walk around you know toronto with the get up on and interact with people imagining what you know the weasel (laughs) would be like at a grocery store you know yeah yeah. it would have been so much fun and entertaining but you know you you know they they have some pretty serious gates uh up at wwe you know and uh and it's probably not something that's profitable for them. And it's really just the function of my comedic head and my love of that school of wrestling. But, uh, I'd love to see it. I'd love to, uh, if I can't make it, I'd love someone to make something like that. And I also had an idea for a, a, a an independent film. Uh, and this was before Mickey Rourke did the wrestler, which was a tremendous film with an amazing director, but I have a total, uh, uh, movie in my head i haven't written it out but i it's been in my head so long uh that's based on the sort of uh, uh the chic and uh and ernie roth uh in those days uh, on the road uh and there's an assassination attempt it, it's an interesting dark kind of movie but it would be funny too just because of the nature of the characters in it but uh you know I got a million of those kind of ideas that'll never see the light of day for whatever reason.
1: The new president or new war president, Nick Khan of WWE, he's interested in a lot of outside projects. They have this show, I guess, that they're creating called McMahon. It's about mm-hmm. Vince, so he's saying that they're open to doing all these other projects. They want to expand beyond wrestling but do wrestling-related content. You might fit right perfectly in with. Well, why don't do you,
0: Vince. do John? Pause. Why don't you make it happen? We'll do it together. All right.
1: All right. I'll, because, uh, I,
0: because at the end of the day, I, I love wrestling, but uh, for me to do any of these projects that I just talked about, I would need help with someone who's a little more grounded. I'm grounded in the comedy music world more than the wrestling world, but the ideas are, are, are solid. You know, I, again, I, I didn't even know that someone else is running that whole operation. The only when I really was excited about it, the first idea about the comedy, you know, the one time comedy about the, uh, how, how like the wizard became the wizard kind of thing. Yes. Uh, I spoke to Sean Waltman and, uh, you know, I, it was just, it's just impossible to get traction with these people. <laughs> you, know? yes. Yes. Uh, you you probably know. Oh God, uh, yeah. I don't know how you got all those names on your show. <laughs> you. I know
1: some, sometimes I'm like, how did I get them? Like a little bit of luck. Did you you I pay them? Know. I know
0: you're not paying me. No. No, that's, that's even more amazing. Um, yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 uh, we can do it together. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, and I'm, I, I I just love the concept, you know, it's one of those things where I could write up a two pager about it. If you could get it to this guy and he'll say, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down, you know, uh, I think it's a, a funny idea, but I'm old school, right? I don't know if they're, But like you said, they're doing docs on The Sheik. Who knows?
1: Yeah, I mean, they're doing a bunch of stuff there that you never know, like, what's their philosophy because they're making so much money now, they probably want to see if they can branch off and do other stuff.
0: Yeah, well, you know, content is content, you know? And, and, you know, can only, I mean, I know Vince owns all the content now of the wrestling stuff, but yeah, you want to do other things and they've been doing it. The cartoon, the the old school guys living in the house together. I mean, all that stuff.
1: So as we hit the wind down, we head towards the finish here. Yes. When you when you look back at, at Kenny versus Spenny, and I know you're still doing tours and stuff like, is it one of those things where it's awesome? Like looking back, like what a legacy you left behind. Like that's just an unbelievable kind of show. Or do you look back like, man, I kind of regret some of that stuff or, oh, Kenny's an asshole. I resent, you know, no, resent it's, it's funny
0: because I was thinking about that today of all things before we, we did this, uh, you know, it would be easy for me to and maybe easy for Kenny to say, oh, fuck, you know, like what if I had not done Kenny versus Spenny and had a band or or did something on my own because I've done things on my own. And so is he. But the reality is it's so hard to break through, you know, and it, I don't think it gets easier. It, I, 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 Maybe I'm wrong, but I. Uh, You know, you think with all the channels and all the cable, it's easier. But from my perspective, it's harder. And a lot of that, I think, has to do with the kind of work I like, uh, which is not the most politically correct and all that stuff. Uh, So um, I have to look back with gratitude, you know, that, uh, you know, there's a chance if I just played music, uh, it would have been over 10 years ago, you know. Uh, But because I'm Spenny from Kenny versus Spenny, I'll still get people uh, to see my show where i've compromised is uh you know my my manager promoter said you know you got to do a little more comedy in your music show because you know you're a good musician blah 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 there's a million good musicians and that's all what people want from you right so that's where i came up with spennaissance man which is a uh it, it it's loaded with comedic stuff and clips from my career uh from all the different projects in my career and then at the end i'll play i'll I'll play real music for as long as people want to sit and listen to it so you know you have to it's a business right you know and uh you know you gotta if you're lucky enough to have broken through and have any kind of uh you know relevancy or an audience or whatever you want to call it You got to service that if you're serious about making money doing it. I mean, it's just that simple, you know, and and furthermore, you know, you know, you don't do this in a vacuum. I don't play music to play alone in my basement. And I didn't you know, I didn't make uh, little videos or movies. Uh, You want people to see it. Right. That's that's what it's it's not just the money there. But, yeah, you talked about the legacy, but that's true of any creative thing that you do that you lay down. You know, like you're laying down your series and when it's all said and done, you'll probably have hundreds of episodes of this podcast and it lives uh, on on its own terms. And that's kind of what art is. Right. Yep. It, you know what I mean? Like whether it's a painter painting on a canvas that people are going to look at for uh, generations and centuries, that's why they do it, I would think. I mean, I don't you can love to do it, but uh, if you're going to make that step to show it, that means you want people to see it. Right.
1: Absolutely. And of course, the U.S. tour, you've got your own tour with the U.S. tour. Get the tickets on Eventbrite. Just put Kenny versus Spenny in there. Whoa,
0: actually. Oh, yes.
1: Eventbrite. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. You said it was New York, Philly, New Jersey, and uh, Detroit. Oh, Detroit. Nice. Another good one. Okay. Yeah. So, so anybody uh, wants those we're, tickets?
0: We're very excited. You're going to see a really uh, train wreck of a tight show that's been, uh, you know, we literally are picking our favorite bits from five, six years of touring in Canada and Europe. So it's, uh, it's great. Uh, looking forward to it. Uh, the solo shows are, uh, in, uh, uh, British Columbia. If you go to my social media, it'll have the dates. It's basically the September 27th to October 4th and, uh, love going out that to that neck of the woods. It's just gorgeous. Have you ever been to, uh, Vancouver,
1: or... no, never. I where would are you there. located, John? Asbury Park, New Jersey, the home of Bam Bam
0: Springsteen. Bigelow, Springsteen, and and Bam and Bam. <laughs> cool. Um, all right. Well, so you're gonna see us where Jersey?
1: Yep, Garwood, New Jersey, October 16th. I got my tickets via Eventbrite.
0: All right, shoot me a, a email before so that uh, you can come back and meet that stinky hots.
1: <laughs> yes definitely what is the social media by the way all your uh, all your
0: plugins. yeah uh, twitter uh at spenny uh facebook spencer spenny rice uh the fan page and then uh instagram is spencer spenny rice
1: awesome stuff thank you so much uh, for all the time really appreciate it looking forward to the tour
0: john thanks very much and uh we'll hope, we'll see you down the road
1: thank you we'll see you soon all right bye bye brother.